It's Tuesday. And on Tuesdays, we analyze the lyric. Yeah, we're doing uh, the Eagles today. Hotel California. Ever heard that one? Well, unless you've been living on the moon, chances are uh, you have heard the song. It certainly is a radio favorite over here uh, in uh, Canada. And uh, it was certainly part of the catalog of vinyl that could have been found in a great many households. From the vinyl, right? To the cassette. To the CD. To the MP3. To the stream. And back, of course, to the vinyl. What am I missing out on that? quote-unquote progression. I'm missing something. What were those big cassettes? They're not like the, the cassettes of the 90s, but what was the cassettes of the, what was it now, 70s? I forget, 80s? You know, you used to have them in the car. I forget the name of the thing, 8-track. Is that it? Man, I forget now. I'm getting old. My brain's getting scrambled. So we're doing the Eagles, Hotel California. Well-known song from well-known artist, well respected and honored artist for their um, their ability, of course, to write such memorable songs and to accompany the poetry of the lyric with a charming and well-orchestrated musical ensemble of great talent, of course, and something very simple, a great many times simple, very, a great many times very complicated yet all well woven together in the minds of these young individuals in the day who came from various locations of America to find California, the melting pot of um, <clears throat> sex, drugs, and rock and roll, I suppose. Anyways, of ingenuity, of innovation, of the expansion of the mind into the artistic realm and licenses that were available in a much more... Oh, privileged and free world uh, back there in California. Today, <laughs> I wouldn't, uh, you know, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't want anyone to go over there these days, right? Crazy location. But yeah, so there's some history there, isn't there? And there's a lot of memory to this song. And there's a lot of things going on. And so, uh, yeah, here's the guys back when they uh, looked like uh, young men <laughs> over in California. And so we're going to open up uh, the lyrics, and we're going to go through them, and we'll have ourselves a discussion along those lines, as is the custom and tradition of the Tuesday session and theme, analyzing the lyric. Check the show notes. You might prefer or you might like all of our weekday sessions from Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. Atlantic Daylight Time over here on the east coast of Canada. Stefan Maia with you. AddedSouls.com is the website. I labor alongside the East Coast Church of Christ. And you can check out the .com, and you can also check us out on Facebook. We have a page there, East Coast Church of Christ. We have a weekly upload of the uh, lessons and studies or sermon, if you will, uh, of the week and all that kind of good stuff. And you can get involved. Please sign up to addedsouls.locals.com. It's free to sign up, but once you are there, you can support. No amount is too low. No amount is too high. It goes through. It goes to the Added Souls ministry through the Maya family and, of course, the wonderful work we are involved with, this beautiful and growing church, the East Coast Church of Christ in New Brunswick, Canada. That okay? That all right? Yeah? We're going to get into this. We're going to open up also our friends over at songfacts.com. There's a few websites that I peruse in order to check out certain meanings in regards to songs, but most of them, I've already had the inventory information in my mind because, well, I've walked on this earth a little bit and um, I, at a time, a strong music lover. You know, my first business, if you will, as a teen uh, was to have my own DJ business. I love music that much. I wanted to share music with people like, here, let me share experiences with you, you know, through the music venue. And so uh, I've been with music for a long time. And uh, I've gotten to uh, accumulate a lot of the information that comes from the music world. 
interviews, documentaries, books, articles. But from the horse's mouth is always, of course, the source you're seeking. And uh, that is uh, certainly some of the inventory uh, that we have uh, been able to receive throughout the years. For instance, Joe Walsh, uh, whom I prefer in career, if you will, and have followed for uh, many decades. Joe Walsh would have spoken of the song in regards to his interpretation. And I think there is, when you listen to all of them who have produce an interpretation to the song they wrote and provided to the people, uh, you put them all together and you get a well-rounded idea of what it is they were experiencing and captivating, capturing the culture of the day back then in California. And again, individuals of the band, not necessarily from California, most are not from California, but that was, again, uh, the Mecca, the location in which a religious following to this lava-like or ocean-like uh, pot of ideas in the artistic realm were uh, cultivating and being produced. And it's also, of course, if we are being real with each other, transparent and upfront, it was where you wanted to go to kind of get rid of any kind of tradition or, uh, how should I say, responsibilities or associations with Christian principles or a Christian faith of sort, and you got get away from God. Let's go into the into the the broad path into excess and just allow ourselves to expand our thoughts in this slavery of sinful activity and worldviews. And uh, well, some of us know all about that. In my past life, I certainly took that path away from God and towards the flesh, the world, and everything it had to offer me. So some of us have lived that kind of life, and we understand it very well, and why it was so attractive to us. You know, the savory aromas of a worldly endeavor, no restraints, it feels like, right? That was the that was the advertisement, you know, live as you want to live. It's adventurous, it's fun, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Well, yeah, it wasn't really what they advertised, was it? <laughs> no, it finishes with a whole bunch of pain and consequences and ultimately death, not only physically, but spiritually. But yeah, so Hotel California from our friends, the Eagles, and I am indeed an Eagles fan, if you will. I love their catalog. I don't think I've heard a song from the Eagles that I can say, that was awful. What an awful song from, from beginning to end. I can't listen to that song. Eagles is an easy listening, yet still rock genre, if you will, in in the mix. And uh, they have themselves a, a, a wonderful um, a wonderful display of musical talent and uh, tomes of tunes that will uh, remain with mankind, I suppose, till it's all done and over with, right? So over at songfacts.com, we're going to take ourselves a look at uh, the lyrics and we're going to want to know what's been going on in the um, interpretation of the song and what it means so that we can have a grounded approach moving forward to, of course, the lyrics itself, and it'll make a lot more sense. And I encourage you, if you're new to this, please subscribe, follow, like, share, all that kind of good stuff. And if you find any substance in these sessions that would have you want to partake with them, meaning associate with them and support them, allowing this studio to grow and move forward, again, sign up at itsouls.locals.com. There's also the PayPal venue, and there's also my physical address. If you need that, contact me. We'll have ourselves a conversation. Okay, so Hotel California songfacts.com has this to say. Written by Don Felder, Glenn Fry and Don Henley. This song is about materialism and excess. And again, you have to well round the uh, interpretive minds that wrote and were associated with the song on all angles. And uh, this is what a few of them would say the song was about. But you'll see, we'll find ourselves a bit deeper than this, the surface context here. The context does go a bit deeper in that water. California is used as the setting, but it could relate to anywhere 
in America, the article says. Don Henley in the London Daily Mail, November 9th, 2007, said, and I quote, Some of the wilder interpretations of that song have been amazing. It was really about the excesses of American culture, and, and certain girls we knew, of course, but it was also about the uneasy balance between art and commerce. And of course, taking a step back from the article, you and I know that there has been all sorts of outlandish displays of interpretive uh, assumptions to the song. Many, of course, wanting to shovel it under the carpet of the occult or Satanism, dark forces, and dun-dun-dun, you know, lions and tigers and bears, oh my. Can we find in a certain angle, if you will, or perspective to a spiritual conversation that perhaps there is some sinful activity or sinful perspectives, worldviews, or fleshly uh, living involved in the lyric? Well, yeah. I mean, let's be real. <laughs> but uh, would I consider this a satanic song of sorts or some kind of a possessed lyric and occult that would infect minds into some sort of spell or loss of free will? Well, no. No, not at all. It is influential. And if our thoughts and our conscience is not strong enough or we are not mature enough to receive this kind of musical entertainment, then it could, of course, hold a conversation of concern and we should be precautious to that end. But anyways... Let's move forward. On November 25th, 2007, Henley appeared on the TV news show 60 Minutes, where he was told, quote, everyone wants to know what this song means, right? It's one of those things. What does it mean? Give us the key to the door. We must know the mysteries of the song as if somehow supernatural activities took place or something. And some do claim that, of course, for the notoriety of selling more records, because if it has that mystique, that sensational, superstitious uh, appeal to it, we're more like, it's a magical song, we must purchase the album. And there is something to say about that, but we'll keep it for later if necessary. So Henley replies, I know, I know, it's, it's so boring, he says. It's a song about the dark underbelly of the American dream and about excess in America, which was something we knew about. It all points to the same thing. Again, these individuals of the band from various locations in America wanting to go where artists went during that era, where they could flourish and, 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 and experiment. And again, let go all self-control and soberness. I mean, that's the, that's the sacrifice to that end. You have to let go any restraints whether it be sexuality or religion or whatever, you must become this open canister of uh, sinful reception. It's the only way you'll understand this, this whole worldview. I don't want you to do that, obviously. Now, as a Christian, please don't do that, because it, the scars that stay in your mind, on your flesh, they, they never go away. And they can be real harsh real harsh. Sin will masquerade itself in a certain way that is very attractive. It'll make you believe within the charm of its deception, some kind of a pleasurable end. Oh, it's a pleasurable beginning, but it's a most devastating end, sorrowful end. So all of these things, again, in interpretive uh, description, uh, to why they wrote the song and what it meant, he offered yet another interpretation in the 2013 history of the Eagles documentary, which was a very, very good documentary. It's a song about a journey from innocence to experience. In other words, aka, also known as a journey away from God into lasciviousness, debauchery, fornication, addictions, and everything that facilitates the open gate of the flesh to create the kind of sounds and lyrics that uh, most of us have been raised to hear on the radio, on vinyl, 
and just accept as it is and interpret it to our own like-mindedness or connection or common ground and be like, yeah, you know, that's a chapter of my life. That song brings me back. And Hotel California most certainly does that. It brings me back to certain categories of my life. It's like a time machine. Music does that. It's a time machine. It brings you back into past experiences uh, and it not all, I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be in regards to sin. It could be in regards to perhaps something uh, that would not be categorized as sinful, but perhaps a certain place, familiar places, familiar faces, things like that. But for some of us, <laughs> we are forever more scarred uh, with uh, memories that uh, at times we try to forget or we've learned to deal with and persevere through. That's where I'm at in my life, mid-40s. The article continues over here at songfacts.com. It says, California is seen from the perspective of an outsider here. Bernie Leiden was the only band member at the time who was from the state. Timothy B. Schmidt, who joined in 77, was also from California. Joe Walsh came from New Jersey. Randy Meisner from Nebraska, Don Henley from Texas, Glenn Fry from Detroit, and Don Felder from uh, Florida. Interesting, isn't it? From all these different locations, they find a like-minded wind spirit to create such memorable songs. In Song Facts' interview with Don Felder, he explained, and I quote, As you're driving in Los Angeles at night, you can see the glow of the energy and the lights of Hollywood in Los Angeles for a hundred miles out in the desert. And on the horizon, as you're driving in, all of these images start coming into your mind of the propaganda and advertisement you've experienced about California. In other words, the movie stars, the stars on Hollywood Boulevard, the beaches, bikinis, palm trees, all those images that you see and that people think of when they think of California start running through your mind. You're anticipating that. That's all you know of California. Don Henley put it this way, quote, We were all middle-class kids from the Midwest. Hotel California was our interpretation of the high life in Los Angeles. Absolutely. But it goes deeper than that, and while we inter well, when we will analyze the lyric, you'll see how that goes. But it's true to that end. Over here, me, as a northern Gentile, right, of the Viking persuasion, all the way east in Canada, you could find similar spirit, thought, like-mindedness, even from the propaganda, the information, and the experiences coming out in America all the way out west in California. I mean, there was a time in my life I'm like, I'm moving to California. Got to get away from the northern freeze and go to the warmer breeze of the California shore. Let's go to California and experience life. It's a good thing. I would have probably died there, but, you know, almost died over here. So, yeah. So the article continues and says, Hotel California won the 77, 1977 Grammy Award for Record of the Year. And I mean, rightly so. But the Eagles didn't show up to accept it. Interesting, right? That's because Don Henley didn't believe in contest. And the band had work to do. They had to keep their integrity and what... And, that, and, that, and that's interesting to me. And it so happens at times in, 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 in this way. They interpret the song to mean, uh, you know, the excess of American greed or American materialism or consumerism and whatnot. And here's an award. <laughs> an award show... <laughs> To which he stuck to his guns and said, no, the integrity of what we meant is going to remain true. And so we're not going to receive that. Timothy B. Schmidt had joined or had just joined the band and was learning the repertoire. Schmidt says they watched the ceremony on TV while they were rehearsing. I mean, these kind of bands have that shelf life mentality that I call it, coined it, shelf life, because it has no expiration date. They are truly dedicated, committed, convicted to their career, to their uh, their lifestyle within the music genre and what they produce. And that's to be commended because, I mean, obviously most, they come and go. And you may remember one song from them, perhaps, the one hit wonder, right? Uh, and then they go away and there's no true sustainability but uh, with the eagles 
though they dropped off the map for a while, uh, once again recruited and uh, remembered the um, the unity they had in producing such wonderful songs. Uh, the article continues, Don Felder came up with the musical idea for a song, for this song, Hotel California. According to this, or according to his book, Heaven and Hell, My Life in the Eagles, he came up with the idea while playing on the beach. He had the chord progressions and basic guitar tracks, which he played for Don Henley and Glenn Fry, who helped finish the song with Henley adding the lyrics. And Joel Walsh would say in an interview, like, People think this was some kind of truly elaborate and well-sophisticated and engineered song that we had all pre-approved and pre-planned, and it was not that at all. And as a musician, I understand his linguistic spell. It's true. It's just like, let's get together, let's get high, <laughs> and let's make music. And magic happens, right? It just falls into place, the keys, the tones, the everything. And you know when you found that mojo moment, right? You're like... There's the soul. <laughs> There's the soul of the spirit. And uh, that's how Joe Walsh would have explained it. We didn't know what we were doing. We we're just experiencing our era in all its facets. And we just hoped to captivate the culture so that it could remain historically relevant to all generations that here's what we had to contribute to our experience and humanity around us. The article continues... Uh, Felder says they recorded the song about a year after he did the original demo, and in the session, he started to improvise the guitar part at the end. Uh, Henley stopped him and demanded that he do it exactly like the demo, so he had to call his wife and have her play the cassette demo over the phone so Felder could remember what he played. <laughs> a bit of trivial pursuit for us there, right? The lyric, Warm Smell of Colitas is often interpreted as sexual slang or a reference to marijuana. When we asked Don Felder about the term, he said, quote, The Kalitas is a plant that grows in the desert that blooms at night, and it has this kind of pungent, almost funky smell. Don Henley came up with a lot of the lyrics from for that song, and he came up with Kalitas. Yeah, because Poppy or any other, I suppose... Uh, word would have not fit, right? Or the one where heroin comes from, maybe? <laughs> so the Eagles aimed for a full sensory experience in their songwriting. Felder adds, quote, When we try to write lyrics, we try to write lyrics that touch multiple senses, things you can see, smell, taste, hear. I heard the mission bell, you know, or the warm smell of Kalitas, Talking about being able to relate something through your sense of smell. Just those uh, sort of things. So that's kind of where Kalitas came from. And that's what he had to say. Hotel California was recorded at three different sessions before the Eagles got the version they wanted. The biggest problem was finding the right key for Henley's vocals. And as a, if you're a musician, you understand, again, that dialect on how those things need to interlock and become solid. Glenn Fry compared this song to an episode of The Twilight Zone, where it jumps from one scene to the next and doesn't necessarily make sense. He said the success of the song comes from the audience creating stories in their minds based on the images. And again, a valuable marketing tool uh, to that end. The line, quote, they stab it with their steely knives, but they just can't kill the beast is a reference to Steely Dan. The, band, uh, the bands shared the same manager. Interesting, right? And had a friendly ri rivalry. Uh, the year before, Steely Dan included the line, Turn up the Eagles. The neighbors are listening on their song, Everything You Did. Don Felder and Joe Walsh played together on the guitar solos, creating the textured sound. Interesting. The lyrics for the song came with the album. Some listeners thought the line, she's got the Mercedes-Benz, was a misspelling of Mercedes-Benz, not realizing the line was a play on words. Glenn Fry offered this take, quote, 
The record explores the underbelly of success, the darker side of paradise, which was sort of what we were experiencing in Los Angeles at the time. So that just sort of became a metaphor for the whole world and for everything you know. And we just decided to make make it Hotel California. So with a microcosm of everything else going, uh, going on around us. Interesting. And of course, the article continues. It's a very lengthy article because it's a very well-known song. And I encourage you, if you want to know more about that, you can go to songfacts.com. But as we've read a portion, it shall suffice to what we need or I wanted to share with you before going into the lyric, before going into the lyric. And that's what we're going to do now on a dark desert highway. (laughs) You know, just from the get-go, it's kind of captivating to the poetry of the lyric. On a dark desert highway, cool wind in my hair. This traveling, this uh, journey, this adventure from individuals outside of California, moving to California to see what's going on there. Warm smell of calitas rising up through the air. And you can associate so many things to this and so many interpretive angles which is why the song is so well-received by many, because you can connect to it one way or another. On a dark desert highway, darkness speaks a descriptive vision. Desert and highway. Words have meanings. Interesting, isn't it? Dark, of course, opposite of light. Desert, dry. Don't be found thirsty. Highway. It's broad. It's a broad and dry path in darkness. Cool wind in my hair. A a welcomed breeze is in the air. There's a smell there. What is it? What's the smell, right? Well, it's a memorable smell, obviously, and it's something you can identify. Is it drugs? Is it alcohol? What is it? Women? There's a smell in the air. You know, when you've lived a life of craziness in the Gentile realm, um, there are locations where you go that hold a smell. If you go to the bar, there's a smell there. (laughs) If you go to the red house, there's a smell there. Um, A smell is a trigger, of course, for some of us, but uh, it you can identify it. It's like, oh yeah, I know what that smell is. For some of us, of course, with a, a deep checkered past life, we know those smells. We can smell them from a mile away and be like, oh yeah, I know what that smell is. Rising up through the air, of course. It's coming to its bloom. Up ahead in the distance, I saw a shimmering light. So here I am, deep within the funk of the dark desert highway, but there's a cool wind in my hair, and there's a smell. Oh, it's a smell I will never forget, and it's rising up through the air, but up ahead in the distance, a mile away, some distance ahead, I I see a shimmering light, something's flickering, strange spirit of sorts. My head grew heavy, and my sight grew dim. I had to stop for the night. (laughs) Is it the descriptive tone of one's experience with heroin, LSD, marijuana and alcohol, or just a sober mind's observance of everyone around me with heroin and cocaine and marijuana and fornication and I don't know, right? Okay. Part and play. You should watch the documentary. It's it's very interesting. Up ahead in the distance, I saw a shimmering light. My head grew heavy, and uh, my sight grew dim. The head's becoming heavy, and the eyes no longer see as well as they should see. I had to stop for the night. It's time to take a break here. I'm not going to go anywhere else. I, I should remain in the same location. There she stood in the doorway. She, female, a woman. Yeah, I know that's not politically correct nowadays, but uh, too bad. It's reality. A woman. And there would have been women. Of course there would have been women. These women of the world. These enchantress of sorts. 
they have the magic, right? They can lure you in with this this uh, sensual, sexy appearance of their eyes and countenance and body and the manu- and the language they speak with their clothing or lack thereof. And they can lure you into these strange locations where you are uh, in another world. Let's put it that way. And so the lyric continues. I had to stop for the night. There she stood in the doorway. I heard the mission bell and I was thinking to myself, a mission bell. There's a reason. There's a rhyme as to this location we find ourselves in. That, of course, they might interpret to be Hotel California, which was, interestingly enough, if you dive deep enough to the culture, there was a hotel. There was a hotel. And a great many, quote-unquote, superstars would go there to do what they do, which is to... um, receive and experience extreme fleshly pleasures and desires and things that um, mama told me not to come. (laughs) Mama told me not to go there. There's better ways to have fun. Uh, So he says, I had to stop for the night. There she stood in the doorway. I heard the mission bell. And I was thinking to myself at this point, you know, his, his vision's blurred, his head's heavy. Man, whatever he just took, whether it be a pill, a smoke, a drink, an injection somehow, (laughs) whatever it is in the nose, the mouth, wherever, it's kicking in, man, and it's heavy, and everything's becoming warped. Ooh, real different now. Where am I going? What's happening to me? So I was thinking to myself, this could be heaven. This could be paradise. Or it could be torment. It could be hell. It could be a good thing. Or it could be a very bad thing. Then she lit up a candle, this woman. And she showed me the way. Oh, I'm glad. Oh, I'm glad, please. Because I can't... What's going on? Where am I? This is new to me. I'm naive. I'm green. And I'm in a world that is very different. So I need someone to take care of me for the night. And here's this beautiful woman... And she takes my hand and she can bring me about. She knows where I need to go because apparently she's done this before. And I was thinking to myself, this could be heaven or this could be hell. She, Then she lit up a candle and she showed me the way. So she had the light. She had a, a, she had a light that was capable of illuminating a path forward. So as long as I just follow her, uh, I should be fine. And it's blind trust, right? It's blind trust to this end. There were voices down the corridor. I thought I heard them say something. And what did I think they were saying? Welcome to the Hotel California. Such a lovely place. Such a lovely place. Such a lovely face. Plenty of room at the Hotel California. Any time of year, you can find it here. It's not only a physical location, but it is a location of the mind that you will be snared into if you so are foolish enough to follow this path that some of us have. And wish we had never done, looking back at it now through a Christian worldview. It's not because it wasn't pleasurable. Sin is pleasurable. If it wasn't, no one be doing it. It wasn't because it it lacked attractive features. Oh, it was filled with charm. Filled with it. It was luring in its smell, in its sight, in its sound, in its taste, in its senses all around. Man, it stays there. It stays there. It's seared on us forever. But thankfully, through the Christian worldview and lens through the principles of the holy book, we are taught to renew our minds and be a capable or learning the tools necessary to navigate through those traumas, if you will, that we now hold from the experience of going down to the Hotel California and uh, experiencing the plenty rooms that were made available and how it was open 
for us at any time. Remember, we're on this dark, deserted highway, a desert highway, if you will. And interestingly enough, a bit of your trivia, the band would go to the desert and ingest, I suppose, um, drugs that would, what they call, expand the mind. Oh, man, did we ever take those drugs. Hoo-wee. I wish we hadn't. So there it goes. Welcome to the Hotel California. Such a lovely place, such a lovely face. Plenty of room at the Hotel California at any time of year. You can find it here. Then we enter into the second portion of the lyric. It says, her mind is Tiffany twisted. She got the Mercedes Benz. She got a lot of pretty friends. Oh, sorry. She got a lot of pretty, pretty boys she calls friends. How they dance in the courtyard. Sweet summer sweat. Some dance to remember. Some dance to forget. Why are they participating in this sensuality? This debauchery? This excess of human experience in a fallen world subject to the natural realm? Why do we of our independent accountability choose to withdraw ourselves from what is good and innocent and upright and decent and controlled to a world of chaos. Well, because it feels good, brother. <laughs> and it opens up things that one would have never seen. Oh, <laughs> it opened up for Adam and Eve, didn't it? They found out they were naked and they were like, uh-oh, we did something bad. <laughs> <laughs> Mama, you've been bad. <laughs> well, that's what happens. And so they're speaking of that culture, that era for them and their experience at that time. Losing, letting go God, embracing what California had to give. And California was an ideologue. It was a... Over here, in New Brunswick, Canada, I grew up with a California mind. I wanted it. I embraced it. It's kind of like what Paul, or the, or should I say, uh, the historian, uh, the historian comment to first century Corinth, and how depraved it was and sexually immoral. You would have been Corinthianized, <laughs> perverted into this uh, facet of um, lasciviousness and debauchery and. Uh, Chaos, yet pleasurable to the flesh, for a spell, until you wake up to the consequences, and now you're snared. Now it's a trap. Now it's no longer fun. You just do it because you're a slave. Her mind is Tiffany twisted. She got the Mercedes Benz. She got a lot of pretty, pretty boys she calls friends. How they dance in the courtyard, sweet summer sweat. Some dance to remember, some dance to forget. And man, did we love dancing. We would dance the night away, if you will, right? If you're going to San Francisco, be sure to wear. People were crazy. That's what it was all about. And yes, there was a rampant flow of uh, sexual enterprise. I was never truly interested in that department of things. Me personally, if you want to know. Oh, yeah, the, 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 the womankind, sure, absolutely. Uh, yeah, we certainly went that path, but uh, that's as far as I went. I was not with the, um, oh, you know, the other side of things where it's no longer natural between male and female. Yeah, I didn't go that way. That never attracted me. But a great many do, and have to almost now. It's expected if you go down this path that is dark, in a desert, it's dry. <laughs> okay. So, uh, the dancing, and of course, the reason behind it, some of us doing so because we want to remember, some of us doing so because we want to forget. So, I called up the captain, he says, please bring me my wine. And he said, we haven't had that spirit here since 1969. Play on words, 
You can come from all sorts of angles, right? But what is the experience? Again, we keep in mind the found base context. These men coming from different locations of America, wanting to let go all things in order to find fleshly refuge in California to create and experience everything the world had to offer. So I call up my captain. Please bring me my wine. I need my medicine. I'm dry. I need something to help. Fac- not only uh, uh, not only is it facilitated, it is produced and cultivated. It is there and available. I need it. He said, well, we haven't had that spirit here since 1969. Spirit, of course, associated with the wine, alcohol, and how it shines and shimmers and how it smells, and how it tastes, and of course, how it softens and brings you into another world, one that we are not meant to walk, because most of the time you don't walk it at the end of the night. Uh, We haven't had that spirit speak when words, spirit, words, spirit. Well, how do we receive that spirit? By drinking the wine. You drink the wine in of itself is a spirit or it produces a spirit when you ingest and intoxicate your flow your uh um your mind you begin to speak the spirit in which the wine produces and it's slurred it's very um vulnerable it has a different dialect it speaks differently it's where is it? I'm seeking for it, Captain. <laughs> you are the head of this ship, and we're running out here, and we need something, and uh, it's important for us. And still, those voices are calling from far away. Wake you up in the middle of the night just to hear them say, Welcome to the Hotel California. Such a lovely place. Such a lovely place. Such a lovely face. They living up at the Hotel California. They're living it up at the Hotel California. What a nice surprise. Bring your alibis. Mirrors on the ceiling. The pink champagne on ice. And she said, We are all just prisoners here of our own device. She, she's been there for a while. She understands the whole thing going on. We remember when we, when, once we were the common bar stools at the local drinking hole and these fresh new cats would come in naive and be like, if only you knew what you've just walked into. Leave now while you still can, but you won't because what you see you think is what you want and... Uh, after a decade, you'll be just like us. All right? Mirrors on the ceiling. The pink champagne on ice. We have words of wine. We have words of champagne. Of dance. And she said, We are all just prisoners here. Of our own device. Slaves to our own fleshly desires. We can't leave. We're trapped here. It's true. I've sat down with individuals who wanted to follow the path that we were on, and I'm like, dude, make something of yourself. Make something of yourself. Don't stick around with us in this location, man. Don't do it. Leave. Only one did. The rest stayed and become as we were. I remember when I left the life back in 2011 and bumped into a few associates of that age and that experience as we were all as we were all prisoners of our own device in the quote-unquote hotel california some of them were honest enough and transparent enough to tell me man it's a good thing you left we're never gonna make anything out of our lives we're gonna die here in this hotel as slaves prisoners to our own devices but you somehow were capable of leaving or being rescued more so accurately, being rescued from this hotel. 
I don't want to believe that the reason you say so is true and real. I, I can't accept that much, but I can accept this much. It's a good thing you left. Because we're going to die here. You, you can go on and live. And my dear listeners, if you're wondering how I was able to be rescued from that hotel, it came from a, an ancient book. Rectangular in form. And I opened this strange, ancient book. And I began to read the words in this strange, rectangular object. And they spoke strange ancient language. I couldn't understand everything, but I understood little bits here and there of a man called Jesus somehow. And the more I got to learn about who this man was who walked among us 2,000 years ago, the more I found myself wanting to follow this man. And the more he taught me of the value of being rescued from the hotel <laughs> where we were prisoners of our own device. And I chose to follow. I did. Best decision I ever made. Best decision I ever made. Yeah, yeah. Mirrors on the ceiling, the pink champagne on ice. And she said, we are all just prisoners here of our own device. And in the master's chambers, they gathered for the feast and they stab it with their steely knives. But they just can't kill the beast. We keep chasing this dragon, trying to find comfort under the wing of this beast. It's so dangerous, yet why are we so snared as prisoners in this addiction, in this worldly, fleshly way of life? Why do we do that? Mirrors on the ceiling. Interesting, isn't it? Last thing I remember, he says, I was running for the door. Pew. I had to find the passage back to the place I was before. I'm seeking my innocence. I've lost it. I left the quarters of mom and dad's household where we were weaned in the traditions of Christian principles to which I was quite rebellious to remove myself from. I couldn't wait to get away from all of that. And now that I've experienced what the hotel had to offer and its charm and its honeymoon moment has since expired, I need to leave this place. Bob Seeger's Against the Wind's a good one too, right? Against the Wind. I had to find my way back. <laughs> Last thing I remember in this fused funk of an altered mind and sinful experience, I was running for the door. I need to leave. I had to find the passage back to the place I was before. I want my innocence again. Can I not go back? Relax said the nightman. We are programmed to receive. Now you can check out any time you like, but you can never leave. <laughs> and there is so much truth to that. As much as some of us have indeed checked out from the hotel in that sinful way of life, in that excess, that consumerism or that addiction... Sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Uh, as much as we've checked out, it's difficult to leave. You can never really leave. And the idea is, of course, it's seared in your thoughts, in your flesh. Nightmares come back. These nostalgic vibes. The color of the sky, the sound of the breeze, the smell. The familiar escapade into excess, you're slave to it, right? No, no, actually, you can be rescued. <laughs> and though you must learn how to renew your thoughts and renew your mind, you learn how to persevere through those moments you should not have embarked on 
And again, I hear parents, oh, you know, they're just going out to sow their wild oats. We all did it. Be quiet for I strangle you. Many of us didn't make it. Many of us die there in the hotel. So did they manage to captivate the essence of the era and what they uh, received? Yeah, I think they did. And that's why many of us communicate very well with the song. It has something that we can identify with. It has something we can identify with. And that concludes our analyzing the lyric of the Hotel California from our friends, the Eagles. Interesting information, isn't it? When we walk through this path and look at what takes place. (laughs) Indeed it is. My friends, subscribe, follow, share, like, leave a comment. Consider supporting. Sign up to additsouls.locals.com. It's free to do so. But you can support. No amount is too low. No amount is too high. You will have exclusive content there. And it certainly supports the Added Souls ministry. The online digital creations and material we produce through the Maya family as we labor alongside the East Coast Church of Christ, a healthy church over here on the East Coast. And uh, we'd love to have you get involved. You can reach out to me. We can have a conversation. We can schedule some video chat time, a phone conversation, email. Everything's transparent. Everything's update and 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 uh, honest and sincere, and it has integrity. We're here for you, man. That's what we do. Check out the show notes. We go live from Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. Atlantic Daylight Time. Isn't that good? We go live on Saturday evenings, 7 p.m. Atlantic Daylight Time on our Added Souls Facebook page. Therein, I am accompanied by my friend, Andre Moore. It is indeed his podcast session for the Back to the Bible Q&A sessions. And he uh, uh, has blessed me with the opportunity to be along with him. But keep that in mind. If you want to have an evening session, you can do that. Um, What else? One thing we got it covered, haven't we? Yeah, I think so too. I appreciate all of you viewing through all our platforms, streaming live on Rumble, streaming live on Twitter, on YouTube, and on Facebook. We have ourselves a decent and growing audience. Very encouraging indeed. Well, we need to talk about these things. We are Christians. We need to share our faith. And we need to share information that can comfort us, encourage us, educate us, uplift us, build us up, make us aware, give us concern. All of these things in the human experience on this earth as Christians walking a faithful life, Sometimes we're scared of things we don't know. Well, once we know them, we're like, oh, okay. I don't need to be scared of that anymore or be hostile towards it anymore. Or, you know, again, it gives us a more balanced, seasoned approach to a great many things. And that makes us more effective, productive for our Lord and Master Jesus Christ. Because we're all trying to make it to heaven and we're all trying to bring as much people with us as we can. And how can we do that if we do not become all things to all men? We need to learn stuff, right? I think so. Stay focused and stay positive. You are appreciated. You are valuable. You are needed. There's purpose in this life. Stay focused, stay positive. Lord willing, tomorrow, 10 a.m. Atlantic Daylight Time, our Wednesday-themed session, studying the scriptures. We are in Genesis, and we'll keep looking at the account there uh, as we move forward. All right, my friends, peace out.